Thanks, Daniel. <clears throat> My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to welcome all of you here this morning. A special word of welcome back to some of you who've been gone enjoying summer in other places, and so I hope you had a great summer. And it's always good for us to kind of kick things off and to get going back here. Uh, during the summer, we've been looking at the book of Ephesians, and we're going to continue at that this morning. But I want to ask you to start by thinking about a situation. Let's just imagine there's a family, all right? And this family has a, a teenage daughter, and uh, she's maybe going off to school, or maybe it's a son, or maybe they have one of each, so on, but they, you know, they're, they're leaving, and they're waving goodbye to mom and dad, and, and, and uh, you maybe have been in this situation as a teenager or whatever, maybe as a parent you've already had this kind of a situation, but the parents are standing there, and they're waving at their kids as they leave, and then what they say out loud clearly is this, have fun, have fun, and, 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 and that's great, and that's really what they mean, but but what they don't necessarily even have to say out loud. Maybe they do say it out loud, but they don't necessarily have to say it. But I guarantee you this, the teenager hears this because we have said it to them so often. What the, the teenager hears is, and be careful, and, and, and use your head, and don't do anything stupid. I'm not calling a person stupid, but don't do anything stupid, right? And, and as you can see, when you're a teenager, it kind of feels like, yeah, I know mom and dad said have fun. Have fun. But to be careful, use your head, and don't do anything stupid, kind of cover that all up. Because in reality, that's what mom and dad are saying. That's what mom and dad are most interested. Don't do anything foolish. Don't do anything crazy. Don't, just be really, really careful. And, and as a teenager, most of us know that that can be really frustrating, right? To kind of, you want to say, come on, mom, dad, what's the big deal? I'm not, I'm not stupid. I, I, I'm not going to do anything crazy. What's going to go wrong? We're just going to the game. I'm just going to school. We're just going to a party in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere. What could go wrong with that, right? I mean, and, 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 and so as, as teenagers, as younger kids, we sometimes get frustrated with mom and dad. We sometimes get frustrated. We want to say, don't you trust us? Don't you trust us? Let me tell you something. For those of you who are teenagers, for those of you who are going to be teenagers soon, your parents are not really as worried about you as much as they're remembering themselves. My brother, Doug, once said to me, he said, you know, my biggest concern for my daughters is that they're going to meet a guy like me in high school because I know what I wanted was not very good. You see, the fact of the matter is, as your parents, we know some things, and we know them from experience, okay? Again, we've been there. We've done that, and, and we know some things. We know how easy it is to be stupid, we know how easy it is just to, to not be intending to do something crazy and foolish, but then to just fall into it. We know how easy it is to be stupid. And I, again, I, I want to be careful with that word, but it, it's just the right word in this situation because that's what we sometimes are. We're just foolish. We're just off. We know how quickly things can go sideways. As your parents, we know just how quickly it can go from, well, we didn't intend this, but like a car on an icy road, all of a sudden it's sideways, all of a sudden it's getting crazy, all of a sudden it's going wrong, and we know how many traps there are out there. And so as parents, what we want to say so often to our kids, to our teenagers, is be careful. Please, please, please be careful. The Apostle Paul is writing to some people he loves in the book of Ephesians. And, and he gets to the place, we're here, this series, uh, we're calling it Finding Our Place, and, and he gets to chapter 5, verse 15. And, and in some ways, I think Paul takes on the role of dad, and, and he looks at the congregations he, to whom he's writing, he looks at these believers, and just as I look at you, 
And, and he says, you know what? I, I have these words for you. Be very careful. Be very careful then how you live. Paul just, I think, kind of does that parent thing here. He says, I know you don't like it when I talk this way, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Paul's been just, just been warning us about some of the dangers that we face, some of the difficulties that we face about lying and stealing and trash talking and anger and rage and sexual sin and greed and all of these things. That, and, and Paul says, you know what? I'm just going to ask you with all that you can to be very careful then how you live. And at the end of that sentence in verse 16, he says, I'll tell you why. Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Now that phrase is one I want to think about with you a little bit right now. But Paul says, you've got to be really careful because the days are evil. I, I, I have to confess, I get a little bit nervous about that phrase in the hands of preachers sometimes. Because sometimes we as preachers have kind of used it to say some things I don't think Paul has intended to say. Because sometimes I think when we as preachers and, and as Christians, we kind of say, oh, the days are evil. What we kind of end up saying is, oh, all the evil is out there. Oh, those days are evil and we are pure, right? We are good. You can hear the preacher saying, and oh, the world is just getting bad and it's worse and it's terrible and it's so evil out there. And you are just have to protect you, our little flock here. And all the evil is out there. Guess what? I can, I, I can sin so easily without any help from the world. I can sin so easily without any push from the devil. The world, and it's just not that the evil days are out there. The evil days are still in my heart. And, and so, yes, we do live in a dangerous world. But, but let's not kind of pretend and say, oh, out there is all the evil. But in here, in the church, we are good. And we just worry about all those people out there. And we got enough sin in here for us to worry about for a long time. He's not saying all the evil is out there and we are pure. And he's not saying that our times are so much worse. I mean, come on, look at it, right? You, 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 the things are just falling apart. It's not like the 60s when things were really, oh, no, they were pretty crazy, right? I mean, right, I mean come on, this is 2,000 years ago, and he's saying the day, it's been evil since Adam and Eve, since they sinned against God. And, and, and maybe sometimes they're worse than others, but these aren't necessarily so much worse times. And I mean, it's, it's difficult. What, what Paul wants to say is, is that we live... In, in, in a dangerous place, that life is full of pitfalls and dangers. And, and so Paul says, and this is really at the heart of my plea to you, and I, I, I want to, I, I was trying to figure out this week, I think I'm older than more than half of you. I know I am. And so I get to be dad a little bit. Been around for 25 years, and I've walked with you. And, and so this morning, let me be dad and kind of kneel you a bit and say, just, Please be careful this year. As you go to school, some of you have already, some of the kids have already left for college, but as you go to high school, as you go to middle school, please be very careful how you live. As you go to work, as, as you do whatever it is that you do, be very careful how you live because the days are evil. There are so many ways that, that our lives can go sideways. There are so many ways. I just think about it and I think, things, you know, pornography, it's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, it just becomes a mess. I think of sexual sins. I think of lying. I think of so many things, so many ways. And, and so I'm just going to beg you this morning, with the time that I have, to be careful how you live. To be careful how you live. I know God will forgive us. I know God will, will, will redeem us. I know that that's the case. 
but I don't want to see you damage yourselves. I don't want to see you damage your witness. I don't want to see all of us struggling through this. And so please, as we begin another church year, be very careful how you live, all right? Be very careful how you live. And, and that raises the question that I want to think about with you, and that is this. All right, how do we live carefully as Christians in a dangerous world? Okay, if we're supposed to live very carefully, if Paul is making this plea to us, be very careful how you live. There are pitfalls, there are dangers, there are traps all over the place. How can we live carefully, not free, uh, fearfully, but carefully? How do we do that? How do we make it through the world with all of the, the landmines that are out there, all those things that can trip us up? How do we do that? Paul's going to give us three things, three things this morning, and I want to ask you just to make them a matter of prayer and commitment for you in, in this coming year. Because again, you know what, I'd love to not have to go and walk with any of you through broken families, through broken marriages. I'd love to not have to walk through any of that this year. And I know it happens in a broken world, so don't feel like, oh, it's all my fault. No, it happens, and God's grace is good. Let's commit ourselves to being as careful as we can. Three things, and each one is, is going to be kind of, you know that magazine or the books, Eat This, Not That? This is kind of what Paul does, not that, but this. Each one is a contrast, all right? And, and, and so with each one of these... We get a contrast of saying, don't do this, because this is going to get you in a ditch. But do do this, all right? So not that, the first one, not as unwise, but this as wise. Paul, in in Ephesians 5.15, he says this, be very careful then, there we are, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Paul says, as you live in this world, as you try to negotiate your way, and again, think of it if you're a parent, think of what you're saying to your kids, whether they're in high school, college, beyond that. The first thing you want to say, just be wise, okay? Don't be unwise. Well, let's talk about what does it mean to be unwise? Probably Paul is talking about Proverbs in the Old Testament, that book. And and if you look through that, there are some themes of those who are unwise, all right? And, and, And the first thing, one of the primary things of people who are unwise, and I think all of us know this when we get ourselves in trouble, when we're getting into the ditch, is it's, it's thinking short term, right? All I want to do is take care of this problem right now. All I want to do is feel better right now. All I want to do is get this off my chest right now. And so we explode in rage or we, or, or we, we do something foolish or whatever it is, but, but it's, it's just thinking short term. We want immediate results. We want an immediate return. We want to feel better about something right now. And so we spew out anger or, or we do whatever it is. We, we, we drink too much because, you know, it, 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 we just don't think long term. It's the old country song, right? Let, let the devil have tomorrow. Lord, tonight I need a friend, right? And, and there are so many times when we find ourselves in that situation, when we find ourselves just thinking short term, be careful, Watch out. Stop yourself. Because if you're starting to think like that, you're probably going to do something dangerous. You're probably going to do something foolish. You're probably going to go in a ditch. You've got to think long term. You've got to recognize that if I just want this to feel better right now, it's not going to be the wise move. And, and it's really ultimately kind of just having no discernment. I, I've had the opportunity, I, I think it's actually about 25 years ago this week that I was ordained here. And, and, and I was thinking about that. And I thought over those years I had a number, an opportunity to visit a number of folks in jail or in prison. And one of the things I've learned to do, or actually learned not to do when I visit somebody in, in prison, I've learned not to say, what were you thinking? Because the answer almost always is the same. I wasn't. I wasn't. If I had been thinking, I wouldn't have done what I did. I, I wasn't thinking. And, and, and there's something about us that is so, is so tempting to just kind of turn off our brain. 
And just to say, I don't want to think about it, I just want to do. I don't want to think about it, I just want to feel better. I don't want to think about it, I just want to act. And whenever you find yourself, be careful. Be careful. Because that is such a dangerous time. So not as unwise, not without that discernment, not without thinking long-term, not, not just thinking short-term, immediate return, but live as wise. What does that look like? Let me give you some characteristics of what it means for us to live as wise. And again, as you think about it, as you go forward into a new year here, kind of school year-wise and church year-wise, the, the first thing I think that marks wisdom in, in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is this. It's, it's, it's seeing what's important. It's having that discernment. You know, think about it. As, as a business person who has, has wisdom, is able to look at a whole lot of data and say, this is what's important. This is what we need to react to. We don't react to this, right? Wisdom knows what matters and what doesn't. Uh, I, I'm picking on my brother Doug today. It, it, when he started running the car dealership on the North End, he said, you know what? It got to January. He said the first three years, he said, I, I first, after the first January I was in business, I fired all of our, our, our sales staff. After the second one, we tried to open on this and this and this. After the third one, I finally realized you ain't going to buy cars in January. He said, I realized, it, it don't ever, you know. It, it, and so you learn to see what's important, right? You learn to see what matters. You learn to see, as parents, as parents, wisdom is the ability to say, hey, what's going, really going on with this kid here? What's, what's really, is this something I need to react to or is this something I don't need to react to? And Paul says, live with that wisdom. See what's important. Use that discernment and, and look long term. Don't, don't just fight every battle, right? Again, again as, as parents, it's, it's, it's just so important that we have the wisdom. And, and as high school students, you know, to be able to say, you know what, I, I don't have to worry about whether I'm popular today or not. I want the wisdom. I want the wisdom of thinking long-term of where I want to end up. We, we so often, again, the dangerous places are when we want to get immediate results, when we don't want to think long-term. Uh, a, a third part of wisdom and, and, and this is, I think, a really important thing, is wisdom, I think, doesn't just worry about technical sin. It, it doesn't just worry about technical sin. Let me tell you what I'm, what I'm thinking about with this. Um, what, what, imagine that you're at work, okay, or, or your neighborhood or whatever, but let's imagine you, you strike up a friendship with somebody at work or in your neighborhood, and it's somebody of the opposite sex. Is it a sin to have a friendship with somebody who's of the opposite sex? Nope, it's not. But let's say you go out to lunch, once a month. Is it a sin? Nope. Let's say you start to go out to lunch once a week. Is it a sin? I mean, technically, technically, maybe you've heard this from your kids. We certainly never heard it from ours, but we're not going to sleep in the same tent, but we're just going with a bunch of us camping. I mean, it's not sin, but what we do when we want to sin when we live in foolishness, when we live as unwise people, what we do is we say, well, technically this is sin, so I can go right up to this place, so I can get right next to it. I I, I can push it right to the edge. I can put myself in this situation, as long as it's not technically sin, as long as it's not over that line. But is it wise? Is it wise? Well, I'm going to go to the party, but I'm not going to drink. Okay, is it wise? I, I, I try to tell our kids all the time, you know, there's right and wrong, and that's essential, but there's also wise and foolish, and sometimes you choose to do something or not to do something, not because it's sinful, just because it's not wise, because it's putting you in a bad position, because it's putting you in a compromised position. And, and, and so just ask yourself, if you find yourself 
my plea for being careful includes if you find yourself saying, no, I don't think technically this is a sin. I, I think looking at this website, technically it's not a sin. It's, it's really not. It's, it's National Geographic, right? It's whatever it is. It's not a sin. And if you find yourself saying, no, I'm okay because I'm on this side of this line, then stop and see if you can catch yourself and say, but is it wise? Is it wise in business? Okay, it's, it's not a sin. It's not wrong. I'm not breaking the law, but I'm going to get right up to that. But is it wise? Really? I mean, just think, right? Doesn't it make a huge difference if we want to be careful, if we want to avoid the ditches, if we want to keep our families as best we can intact, if we want to do all that we can to do that, part of it is just saying, I'm not going to just worry about technical sin. I'm going to worry about what's wise and what's not. And, and, and then Paul himself adds a positive part to this one because he says, you know, as wise people, we have to make the most of every opportunity. Wise people see the opportunities and they use them. 5.15 again, back to that. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Because it's really difficult. So making the most of every opportunity. And, and so again, think of it as parents. Whether your kids are younger or older, whether, you know, think of grandkids, think of opportunities at school. In the coming year, each and every one of us will have amazing opportunities. We will have amazing opportunities to have an impact on other people's lives, whether they're younger than us, whether they're older than us. And, and Paul says, you know what? Live as wise people who make the most of those opportunities. When you've got that opportunity to have an impact on somebody else, take advantage of it. See what's important and make the most of every opportunity. And, and so that's the first thing, to seek wisdom. To avoid the ditches of life, seek wisdom. Don't live as unwise, but live as wise. I, I, I've shared this before, but one of the ways to do that, I, I mentioned the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. If you, um, if you, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So what that means is, in a, in a month with 31 days, you can read a, pro, a chapter of Proverbs a day. I just did it this morning. It doesn't take very long. I read Proverbs 13. And I'll tell you, it, it just is, you know, I mean, here, a couple of them from Proverbs 13 that I, that I out, uh, circled here. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. All right, so listen to me. No, I, oh, I need to take advice? Okay. Verse 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Who are your friends? A companion of fools suffers harm. You can read a a chapter of Proverbs a day. It takes you just a couple of minutes. And and you get to the end of the month. Today is the 13th, so, you know, the 13th, chapter 13. You can do this and get to the end of the month, start over, do this for three or four months, and just watch how God's wisdom begins to shape us. So, you know, a, a chapter a day from Proverbs, I think, is a great way to do this. All right, that's the first one. Not as unwise, but as wise. Second one, the, 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 the challenge you hear, the difference here. Not as fools. And we'll talk about what that's different between unwise and fools in a minute. Not as fools, but as those following the Lord's will. All right? Not as fools, but as those following the Lord's will. Verse 17 of Ephesians 5. Therefore, do not be foolish. All right? Not this, not foolish, 
but understand. And, and biblically, when it says understand, it means obey, okay? Understanding is not, oh, yes, I know what God wants me to do there. <laughs> That's what I have to do. No, it's understanding is also doing, okay? That's why I say it, it's following the Lord's will. It's following what God wants us to do. So fools, what's the difference between somebody who's unwise and somebody who's a fool? Obviously, they're very close. A lot of carryover, a lot of connections. But I think that maybe the Apostle Paul, what he has in mind here, the word that he uses for fools in the Greek is kind of a, an unusual word, a little bit rare word. And one of the places where it occurs in the Old Testament is in Psalm 14, verse 1, okay? In Psalm 14, verse 1. And so what, what, what the psalmist says there is, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, all right? The fool says there is no God. So what that means, I think, is, is the fool is like the unwise in that they're thinking short-term, that they're not thinking long-term, that they're doing that. We live foolishly when we want immediate return, when we have no discernment. But, but when we add that, that fool level, when we add that next level, and we say, you know what, there is no God. And basically what that means is, I, I, I'll do it my way. I don't, have to, I don't have to listen to anybody else. Nobody can tell me what to do. Again, think of teenagers you know, we had one child, I won't mention her name, but we had one, and, and through 17 years, all we heard when she was 17 was, I can't wait till I'm 18, then I can do whatever I want. So just tell us how that works out for you. But there's something inside of us that wants to say, I don't want to have to listen to anybody else. I don't want to have to do that. But Paul says, in order to avoid the ditches, you have got to follow the Lord's will, all right? And, and what he means by that, it's, it's just submitting to God's way. And, and remember, I said, you know, there's kind of that right and wrong and that wise and foolish. Both of those, we have to check our actions by both of those. This is the right and wrong. This is saying, you know what, it's submitting to God's will. It's recognizing God knows more than I do. And even if I don't understand why God is telling me not to do this, I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to trust what God says in his word. I'm going to submit the, uh, that trusting that, that, that God knows best. And, and I'm going to know. I'm going to know that God's commands are, are, are for our good. The fact of the matter is, again, when you think about, as, as parents, and, and those of you who are parents, you know this, we don't make rules for our kids to try to ruin their lives. When you're a kid, that's what it feels like, right? But as a parent, we don't make rules to try to ruin our kids' lives. We make rules to try to keep them out of the ditch. We tra- make rules to try to keep them from playing in the street. We make rules to try to keep them from ruining their own lives. And that's what God does with us. The fact is, others have said it, preachers have been saying it for 2,000 years, but every command in Scripture, and I won't go through all of them, but every command in Scripture is there to protect us and to help us flourish. It's to protect us in our relationship with God. It's to protect us in our relationship with others. Or it's there to protect us in a a relationship with ourselves. Some of the commandments are there to keep us from hurting ourselves. Some are there to keep us from hurting others. And to say, God, all right, I want to do what you want me to do. That's what he's talking about here. So we avoid the ditches. We live carefully by living as wise, but also then by, by following the Lord's will. And, and then the third one, the third one, do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Not drunk on wine, but filled with the Spirit. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And I want to take a little time on this drunk on wine one. And I'm going to be dad here because I get concerned. I really do. Weddings, parties, and, and if you want to say, wine, my drink scotch. No. I'm a beer guy. No, it's alcohol, okay? 
And the command is to not get drunk. But the fact of the matter is too many of us are too often. Once is too often. The command of Scripture is do not get drunk. Don't put yourself under the influence. That's what the, don't put yourself under the influence of something else. Don't put yourself under the influence of alcohol. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to, to just, it is so, so dangerous. Paul says it leads to debauchery. That's not a word we use very much. But what it leads to is violence, anger, sexual sin, sexual coarse talk. And, and friends, you know what? It, it is just so dangerous. And we need to just ask ourselves seriously, where do we as Christians get off getting drunk? I, I, I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. Paul says, don't do it. In God's word, he says, don't do it. Enjoy a drink? Sure. Have a couple of beers? No problem. Do not get drunk. Do not lose your mind. Because when you do, I mean, there are just so many times that we can go backwards from a tragedy here and point to the bottle being opened here. And I know I sound, you know, I feel like I'm a Baptist right now. But I'll tell you, I'm not saying I'm a teetotaler, but I'll tell you this. There's something about it. And, 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 and I just think, how many affairs would have been stopped if it hadn't been for drunkenness? How many accidents would have been stopped if it hadn't been for drunkenness? It, it, it's just, I, but, but we just know it. Going to get hammered tonight. In God's name, how? Do not. Do not, do not, do not. Do you understand that? What that means in the English is don't get drunk. Period. Exclamation point. I'm sorry, but I don't want you to damage your lives. I don't want you to ruin other people's lives. I don't want you to to destroy your marriages. I don't want you to fall into those. Don't get drunk. Period, friends. And I want you to think about me. The next time you say, I'm going to get hammered tonight. Because I don't know how you do it in, in, in the light of God's word. I know, life hurts and sometimes we feel like we need a break. And I can understand that. And we all make mistakes. And God's grace is big. And you're going to get forgiven. And I'm going to love you no matter what. But why? Why would you put yourself in that danger? Why would you do that when it is so... Robert Capon wrote a book, and, and in that book he talked about, you know, he said, imagine you've got a perfect lifeguard, and, and with God as our Savior, Jesus Christ is a perfect Savior. You cannot drown when you're on this beach, all right? There's coral reefs. You cannot drown. You will always get saved. And, and the red flag is up because it's wild. The undertow is crazy. You can go out. You're going to get saved, but you're going to get battered and bloodied. Why do we do stuff like this? Knowing that God says you're just going to hurt yourself and others. All right. Do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Learn to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Learn to let the the Holy Spirit control us. We talked about this. We did a a three-part series on this earlier this year. And and so I'm not going to do a lot with this. but, But the Holy Spirit guides us. And and I was thinking about this, you know, high school students can live by the Spirit. Middle school students can live by the Spirit. The the Spirit can guide, the Spirit can shape, the the Spirit can empower all of us. And they say, God, I don't want to be under the influence of alcohol. I don't want to be under the influence of anything but the power of your Spirit. 
and, and letting the Spirit just shape us. And so to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And Paul himself says this leads to some interesting things. And I'm not going to take a lot of time with these. But, but it leads to, to speaking to each other in a different way. I, I, I think this is fascinating. And I think Paul has the do not get drunk on wine thing going on here. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. He says, instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. The fact is, you know some of the things you do under the influence of alcohol. Those who can't sing suddenly grab a microphone and start to sing Wild Thing in a karaoke bar. See, I'm making... What if we were filled with the Spirit and we sang Scripture to each other? Or for those of us who can't sing, spoke it. I'm glad he said speak. But, But our words to each other become not inducements to wrong but encouragements to write. When the Spirit is in charge of us, we speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Also, fascinating to think about in terms of worship, that yes, when we worship, we sing to God, but we also sing to each other. We also encourage each other as we worship. Great is thy faithfulness. Remember that when you're going through a hard time that God is faithful. And I'm singing to God, but I'm also singing to you. So we speak and we sing to each other. We sing to God. That the, the, the Holy Spirit leads us to that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. And then sing and make music. And, and there's no period there in the Greek. Singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. Under the influence of the Spirit, we, we speak to each other, but we also sing and make music to the Lord. And, and then the last thing is it leads to gratefulness. It leads to gratitude, all right? Uh, again, the, the rest of that verse. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the Spirit fills us, we are just so aware of God's goodness that we live lives of gratitude. And we give thanks. Now, there's a, a challenge. This is one of the most difficult verses, I think, because of this, these words right here, for everything. And Christians have struggled with this because it, does that mean we're supposed to thank God for sin? We thank God? No. No, the scripture is clear that God is not the author of evil. We thank God in everything. And I think what's key is it says for everything in the name of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, you cannot thank God for sin. And so I don't think you have to say, oh, I have to learn how to thank God that my baby died. I have to learn to thank God that this terrible thing happened. No, you thank God that in that he is present with us. You thank God that in that he is present with us. And the Spirit reminds us of that. So being filled with the Spirit, all right, under the influence leads to singing to each other, singing to God, and being grateful, all right? So these, these three things are what I really want to challenge you to, to live this year, to commit yourself to wisdom, Again, I, I, I really do. I, I got the best job in the world. I, I love all of you and the things you have taught me. But I really say be careful, please. Be very careful. Live with wisdom. Live with wisdom. Follow God's will. And be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So living in this world, it's a dangerous place, but we don't need to be afraid, okay? Again, God's grace is enough. God goes with us everywhere. So I want to say this morning, don't walk out of here and say, oh, I got to be very afraid. Don't be very afraid, but do, do, my friends, be very, very careful how you live. Let's pray together. Father, uh, 
we don't always see the dangers in this world. We don't always see the dangers in our own hearts. So, Lord, as we begin a new school year, as we begin a new activity year here at Hillside, Lord, help us to, to have joy and celebration and gratitude, but help us also to be careful. Father, we, we can go in ditches, and it just does damage to us and to others and to our relationship with you. So, Father, fill us with your spirit, give us wisdom, and give us submission to your will so that more often than not, we can maybe get it right. And we thank you that when we do fail, your grace is enough to lift us up and to put us in a good place once again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction? Again, following in the service, there are going to be some folks in the prayer room there to my right, to your left. If you would like to pray with somebody, again, in about 10 minutes, we're going to have an informational meeting here. If you want to grab a cup of coffee, come back in or stay here. We'll let you know a little bit about what's going on building. And then come back at noon and we'll have some fun outside. People of God, as we go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of us. And may that grace help us to be careful how we live. Go in God's grace. Amen.